A paradigm shift is defined as a radical change in thinking from an accepted point of view to a new belief. That's the Merriam-Webster definition. The phrase paradigm shift is somewhat contemporary. My Webster's New World Dictionary from 1962 doesn't contain the phrase, and it originates from the scientific use of models and patterns, paradigms, necessitating a shift when new discoveries produce anomalies or deviations in the current trend. That the word pattern is foundational to the word paradigm brings Romans 12, 2 to mind, in which the Apostle Paul exhorts us, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, why are paradigm shifts so difficult? It isn't easy to break from the pattern of thinking pounded into us daily by the influential voices surrounding us. An important change in thinking, first of all, is destabilizing. If I'm wrong about this, perhaps I'm wrong about other things. If so-and-so or such-and-such organization is not trustworthy, that represents a large cross-section of my belief system now called into question. A paradigm shift requires humility. Am I willing to admit to someone else and even to myself that I was mistaken, misinformed, or that I misjudged? A paradigm shift challenges and forces action. In light of this new knowledge or awareness, what is my responsibility? How will my daily activity, habits, and relationships be affected? Moreover, a paradigm shift calls for critical thinking. And as the economist Thomas Sowell noted of our current culture, he said the problem isn't that Johnny can't read. The problem isn't even that Johnny can't think. The problem is that Johnny doesn't know what thinking is. He confuses it with feeling. To discover that the original Greek word for repent is metanoneo, to change one's mind, is in itself a game changer. Repentance is more than just forsaking immorality, but about thinking differently, about viewing the entire world differently than when we were without Christ. When this occurs, we truly are separate and set apart. So there's a degree of isolation in such nonconformism. A.W. Tozer's observation that the saint must walk alone comes to mind. Indeed, for the one walking in the spirit, as Tozer said, the gulf between him and society widens. These musings come as the last 19 months have brought about unparalleled paradigm shifts. They have happened in scores of people whose paths have crossed my own and who are shocked as they testify that for the first time they've questioned the upside-down nature of the world around them, and in doing so, glimpsed the man behind the curtain. It has happened to me. I can't remember, in fact, when I've had so many dramatic paradigm shifts in such a short amount of time concerning so many issues. Even the way I look at food is differently than it was two years ago. My paradigm shifts have humbled me. New knowledge has made me see that people I once thought maybe were a little bit out there were, in fact, more in tune with reality than I was. In summer 2020, I wrote a piece on God using coronavirus to sift the church. And COVID has been used to expose unrighteousness, not just in the church, but in all our systems, including education and banking and medicine. And every other institution, the mass is blindly trusted to operate with the public's best interest in mind. Well, where do we go from here? Scripture says that the spirit of truth will guide you in all truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Paradigm shifts in repentance are part of the sanctification process. 
They are not always a pleasure, but they free us to be an effective royal priesthood unto our Lord, according to 1 Peter 2.9 and Revelation 1.6. Able to testify of the truth and to have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, as it says in Ephesians 5.11, but instead even to expose them. The Lord is asking each of us which path we will take. The broad way of thinking leads to destruction, while the less traveled narrow road leads to life. And 2 Corinthians 10.4 says that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We are freely set free to set others free. We are at war. Scripture teaches that there are two supernatural kingdoms here on earth, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Too many Christians have accepted Satan's lie that the world is getting worse by the minute, and all we can do is hold on tight to what we've got until Christ returns. Such a worldview paralyzes the church when weapons of might, weapons of dynamite, have been provided for her by our almighty warrior, Christ himself. Christians can and must learn to use these spiritual weapons in order to break the strongholds and crush the schemes of the Prince of Darkness. Check out my book, The Two Kingdoms, Understanding Your Role in Spiritual Warfare on Amazon. Again, The Two Kingdoms, Understanding Your Role in Spiritual Warfare, available on Amazon or at emilytomco.com.